0: where we gather at the table to hear each other's stories. I'm your host, Angie Smith, and I am so glad that you're here. Please pull up a chair and join us. Welcome to the table. This is a conversation that I was not expecting when I started this series. It kind of came up out of some other topics that we were talking about, but I'm, I'm really, really excited. On the show today, I have Amanda Cook and Joe Biancardi, and we are going to talk about what should I know about therapy. Or what should I know when I go to see a therapist? And the conversation or the idea for this topic came out of a conversation I actually had with Amanda. And she said, have you ever thought about doing this? And I said, no, but that's a great topic. And so we got Joe wrangled into this. And um, here we are sitting at the table. So welcome to the show, Amanda and Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Is, so is there anything else that you would like to tell us about yourselves before we get... Started. Mm-hmm. You're both therapists. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: yep. Uh, I'm a licensed psychologist uh, working at the University of Northwestern, St. Paul, and then small private practice called the Wellspring Group in New Brighton. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I work at Minnesota Renewal Center at Arden Hills. Okay, great.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll put all that information in the show notes, yeah. too, if people Perfect. wanted to mm-hmm. get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. So, Amanda, I, or maybe share with us first a little bit about – why you thought this was a topic that needed to be covered Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. you know it it really is comes out of like having the first session conversation with clients when they come in and even sometimes it's over email where i get questions about what to expect what is my style like, you know, trying to get a feel for what someone's looking for and if I'm a good fit. And, and also like just the level of anxiety I see in my office when someone's coming in and I, you know, sometimes people are trembling because, you know, they really think that I'm like, Scar- I don't know, like going to be scary, scary or mean which, or
0: something or, <laughs> Which you is, know. I mean, you're the farthest thing from scary. Yeah, <laughs> so. Thank you
2: for saying that. But yeah, but I, I know that I, you know, right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that way, but I think, I think that our media doesn't. I would say particularly Hollywood doesn't Mm. portray therapists in a very positive light. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what it's like to do therapy, to go to therapy, Mm -hmm. what, what we actually do. And so I thought Mm -hmm. I have that conversation with new clients all the time. Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. thought it could be an interesting conversation just to get out there. Yeah. I know the answer to the question
0: because I've been to therapy actually, when I was a student at Northwestern, I ended up going to counseling and it is a, it, it, It's intimidating because you're going to talk about yourself Mm -hmm. in a really vulnerable Mm -hmm. way and to share things that are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was anger. That's what brought me in there. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it was. Yeah. So anyway, this is going to be a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it will be helpful Mm -hmm. for people who are Mm -hmm. wanting to do that.
2: And so unique, right, that you're going in and talking with a complete stranger about these most vulnerable parts of our story. Right. Yeah.
1: We're paid to have intimate conversation. Right. 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 It's (laughs) totally true. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: So where would be a good place to begin to talk about what should I know about therapy or what should I know about going to see a therapist?
1: Well, one thing I think about is that, you know, who is therapy for? Mm. And there really kind of is a pressure, I think, in our culture to practice evidence-based uh, therapy and that's good but that kind of defaults to a more of a medical model mm-hmm. so sometimes with that I think people come to therapy or think about therapy with the idea of I must have a, a real serious problem Or mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. like only... I only go
0: to the doctor if I'm sick exactly right. okay right.
1: I look at it more like this is good for anyone, and this is beneficial because it's about your development as a person, Mm -hmm. physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and and therefore, it it really is is about you and Mm -hmm. and your own growth. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have clients who will say, well, I'm not sure that I really need to be here or, or that I'm messed. I mean, I hear. do you hear messed up a lot, like oh, yeah. messed up enough. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I know that you're you're busy. I heard you're not always taking new clients. I'm not sure I really just like almost like do I deserve to be here to have mm-hmm. this conversation? Mm-hmm. And like is your time worthy yeah. of being there? Yep, yep. And and reassuring people like it, it. there are people that we think of who are, you know, really very depressed, like you can't get out of bed depressed, or um, have very clearly have PTSD, but also like the person who has high functioning anxiety, or Mm -hmm. is going through a life change, like they're changing jobs, and they just need some help with processing that and making decisions and talking through maybe how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. Those are really valid reasons to go to therapy Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm.
0: I actually, so my mom passed away, which mm-hmm. podcast listeners, if you listen to any episode, you've probably heard that. <laughs> um, she passed away nine years ago, and I thought, I need I need someone to walk with me through this. Mm-hmm. And so I went to therapy and I actually didn't um, connect with my therapist, and so I only went for a couple of visits. Mm-hmm. And, and I was in a broken place, and then we didn't connect, and I mm-hmm. felt... I remember feeling kind of at fault mm-hmm. that it wasn't working mm-hmm. at the time. But now that I have a little more perspective on it, feeling like maybe that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Like if somebody mm-hmm. goes to a therapist and it's, mm-hmm. it's just not, a, it's not mm-hmm. a fit because we're humans and mm-hmm. sometimes personalities don't fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a, that's great. I mean, and I think really it, chemistry is such a huge component in what makes it work mm-hmm. um obviously we have things like confidentiality that kind of create a sense of safety but mm-hmm. at the same time if, if we don't match well if there's not a, a good alliance that's established mm-hmm. between the practitioner and the client mm-hmm. um it's hard to to trust or want to kind of go into those more vulnerable places totally. <laughs> um and just like mm-hmm. it's kind of an unfortunate way of thinking but you know you Every date doesn't, doesn't uh, end in marriage, <laughs> yeah, right? right? So, you know, you're looking for the right person. <laughs> yeah. Right,
2: right. You know, sometimes depending on the situation someone's describing to me when they contact me, I'll sometimes recommend that we just do a 30-minute consult for free mm-hmm. just to see if I'm a good fit. Not all therapists offer that. I don't offer it every time. Mm-hmm. But it, some because I think about, like, any time we initiate making that, that call like to ask for help, that's using some energy that's related to like ready for readiness for change. Mm-hmm. And I don't want someone to waste that. And so finding out like whether it's a good like finding out if it's a good fit, like if you're not feeling something in two to three sessions, mm-hmm. maybe it's not the right person. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. Like we're as therapists, we understand that. So I would say you can weigh in on this, Joe, but I I would say that we have a responsibility to not take that personally. Mm. I had someone say to me recently, they were looking for a therapist. They said, I want someone that's not you. <laughs> and oh. I said, <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And like, not, not really like nurturing and warm, like more like, this is what, like more right. like Practical, assertive, assertive, like. Give me bullet points. Totally, and I'm like not so much bullet point lady, like (laughs) not at all, and so that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. that for that person, I would probably be like, well, they'd probably be sitting over there wanting to roll their eyes because I wouldn't be a good fit, and that's totally okay. That's not a personal thing against me.
0: Yeah, it sounds a little bit like when you like a stylist. A hairstylist, right? That you right. kind of feel loyal to them, yes. or if you don't like your haircut, then it's awkward to say something, yeah. and then if you're going to see someone else mm-hmm. within that same salon, that's mm-hmm. kind of awkward, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, we just have to mm-hmm. kind of get over that right. and do what is best for us in that situation,
2: right, 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 right. and get yeah. ask for a referral, yeah, just have that conversation, right. Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. one of the nice things about agency work is you know you, you do have that experience yeah. pretty regularly where every year I'll have somebody that maybe had had started with one of my colleagues the year before I'm speaking mm-hmm. now from more of the college uh, university health center mm-hmm. uh, perspective mm-hmm. where um, I just didn't really feel it with them mm-hmm. you know and then my colleagues will mm-hmm. get somebody that was on my caseload the previous mm-hmm. years like, yeah. didn't really just feel it with mm-hmm. them and it's yeah. it's not something that's mm-hmm. we take personally because it's mm-hmm. really about That person and what's Mm -hmm. best for them. Mm
2: -hmm. And can I tag off of that? I'm thinking of a a couple of cases where it didn't feel like we were making progress. So, even someone I've maybe seen, like, you know, one client I'm thinking of from Northwestern where I had seen this client probably 10 to 12 times and it felt like nothing was happening. She was frustrated. Mm -hmm. I could not figure out what to do. And I said, I said, Do you think you want to talk about having a different therapist? She looked so relieved. She said, yes. She transferred over to another colleague. Amazing work. Mm-hmm. Like, she got her in a different way, was mm-hmm. able to figure out more about what was happening. And it was really great because that's it's in the best interest of the client. Mm-hmm. You know, like, clearly I was not the right person for her.
0: Well, and I would imagine for the counselor, like, for you in that mm-hmm. situation, it would be like beating your head against the wall. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm doing everything mm-hmm. I can think of mm-hmm. to try to help you, and mm-hmm.
2: it's just not working. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so sometimes those situations happen.
0: Yeah. So, what other kinds
2: of things? So, rec- I think recognizing when it could be helpful. So, like for somebody who's like, you know, you're doing your life and you're noticing maybe you tip like in the anxious direction or the depressed direction. If what I would say is that you know a lot of us have coping skills. We have a lot access to a lot of things. Like I think about like TED Talks or you know mm-hmm. different things where we can learn skills. But if it feels like It's becoming disruptive to life, whether that means like relationships, marriages, social relationships, job, job performance, um, noticing that things like just feeling kind of gray or um, a lot of ruminating thoughts. I would say that's a reason to to make a call. Um, Certainly, if if there's been like, a known history of abuse, mm-hmm. um, alcoholic family system, something like that, that can be a reason to go in. Yeah. Do you have anything that you Yeah, would...
1: I think really just when you f- start to feel like mm-hmm. you're coming unraveled and it's hard to manage yeah, and winner. you need support. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. We're not here to fix anybody, but to mm-hmm. come alongside and help Right. And support, yeah. and let's figure this out together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I liked what you said earlier, Joe, too. That every everybody could because I totally believe this. Everybody could benefit right. from mm-hmm. time with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. taking that, and nice that they don't know you because, mm-hmm. right, that's a thing, isn't it? Right, right, right. like an oh, ethical. Totally,
1: right. yeah. How I've heard many times, oh, I just need somebody who's not close to the problem, that's going to be objective, and Mm -hmm. not going to get all activated, because all these people are telling (laughs) me what to do. Right, right, yes. I just need a different voice.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. But then, too, that you can't counsel someone who, like, I couldn't go to, well, now I can't go to Joe, either, because... (laughs) I know lots of really great therapists, Boys like the his water. friends right. in my life, and that right. makes it difficult yeah. because I thought, if I ever wanted to go to therapy,
2: who am I going to go to? I'm friends with all totally. the therapists I
0: like. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. I totally had that experience, actually, yeah. when I was looking for a therapist. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I suppose. no, can't go there. No. Yeah. Nope, not there either. No yeah. somebody there. No too many oh, people red. there. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, Totally. So I drive to Maple Grove because okay. I don't know anybody right over there. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That works for me. Right. So... So, but there is something like with that piece that you can't, it isn't someone that you know. So it's like, you can go in and talk about something and let all this emotion out or the process this, you know, hard stuff. And then, you know, hopefully this is how it works out. Rural communities, it's a little different when it's like, there's, there's, you know, a town of 2,500 people. Like, Mm -hmm. but like generally, like I don't run into clients. At Target or church or you know you know occasionally those things happen but for the most part like there's there's separation there
1: right Mm -hmm. well and I think sometimes too like what we talk about when you say you know knowing the therapist. Well, you might know of them by reputation or they might be connected to somebody in your life. And mm-hmm. so your best friend referred you to somebody that they knew. Uh, it's really a lot about trying to mitigate the idea of having a dual relationship where, yeah. oh, yeah, we go to the same church and, you know, we, we're sitting next to each other every week. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, we, we work together, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing where there's So that's the dual duality. relationship. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Relationship is counselor, patient, and then... Some other kind of friendship or right. relationship. Yeah. Okay. Well, for example,
1: yeah. I had somebody that I had worked with early in their life. And then later in their life, they ended up at my church on men's retreat in a moment where it worked. You know, I met with that person privately. And just said, so just so you know, and I know it's been a lot of years, but still kind of within this right. window because we're here. And now we're going to start to know each other in a different way. It's like the, the water's kind of poison. We can mm-hmm. never go back. hmm and uh, and it was it was okay.
2: I worked with Joe. So Joe's actually one of the only therapists that I've done co-therapy with mm-hmm. and worked with. I don't know. We've worked together for a long time. Yeah, known each years. other professionally mm-hmm. years. Um, one of the reasons I left my job at Northwestern is because of dual relationships. Because with my husband mm-hmm. working there, mm-hmm. it just it would end up, and it seemed like every year there was another situation where I was like okay, I have to think that through. I can't go back. If I go backstage, I might run into this person. So that, mm. so things like that, like it just was getting trickier and trickier Muckier. for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. mucky is the right word. Mm-hmm. It was never that it felt like it wasn't healthier, like we couldn't talk about it. Cause it th- because part of what happens is that if we anticipate that that could happen – You know, it's a therapist's job to bring that up to the client and say, how do you want me to handle that? You know, do you want me to say hi to you? Do you you want to pretend you don't know me? Mm -hmm. How do you want to do that? Because the thing is, is that, you know, one of the things about therapy that makes it so, you know, we talk about like, you know, we're paid to have intimate conversation and holding that space for other people is the confidentiality piece that what's said to us is confidential so we we with with a few like when we talk about we're also mandated reporters so we have to report if there's abuse of a minor or vulnerable adult or if they were at risk for hurting themselves or someone else we have to report that mm-hmm. but other than that like those things that are shared are are confidential and so even acknowledging that we know somebody if i haven't been introduced to that person and i go up and say hey angie how you doing you know and mm, mm-hmm. it, like that's disclosing right
1: how do you know her how right. do you know her right
2: mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh what do i do you know right. mm-hmm. so having that conversation on the front end proactively mm-hmm. is is really the best way to handle that and sometimes we can't we can't anticipate everything i mean mm-hmm. there have been a few things where i'm like oh I, like it hits me that there's some sort of connection and i'm like oh no shoot okay well we can okay like, I just need a minute to think through mm-hmm. that because we can't anticipate everything. And as much as we live in the metro, there are places where it feels like Christian community is kind of small. small. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and then especially when you get onto the campus.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was a student and I was seeing one of the counselors, I would see her because mm-hmm. we were both on campus. Right. right. I'm open. So I was probably making her feel uncomfortable with how much I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she's my therapist. And that's what we're
2: talking about. Right. She would right. be like, I'm just going to remove myself from this <laughs> conversation. Right. I had that happen actually. It was with my kids. My husband and I would do this handoff where he'd be, I would go to meetings and he would come in. And I was taking the elevator down and they were small. And the elevator door opens and there is my client with like 10 other people behind her. And she's mm-hmm. like, Oh my word, it's my therapist. And I was like, well, at least she's the one who said it, and not me right. because I can't right you know I can't do that. I would have to I right. give a smile at her so she doesn't feel like right. you know
1: and people yeah. are the holder of the of the privilege, so mm. you know that that yeah. client is absolutely has every right to do that if right. if she wants to, and mm-hmm. certainly we address this in a very head on way, like Amanda was saying, yeah. and try to educate a little bit too about you know what What they might be disclosing, like even in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. So they, if they do that, they're doing that in an informed way, Mm right? You know, yeah, right. Because that does happen,
2: right?
0: Which almost sounds like letting them know the, the
2: power that they hold, Mm
1: yes, within that, that they're
2: not powerless within
1: that relationship with
0: you, Mm -hmm.
2: right? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I talk about empowerment a lot, so even in lots of contexts in therapy, but I think. I think that there's this. Well, I've heard this from clients, so I know that there's this thing out there that therapists are like the expert, and we're gonna, you know, just tell them what they need to do, and and that's what's going to happen. And the reality is, is that when I think about my job, I think about I'm here as a resource, and I have training to be able to think about problems in a certain way, and then tools to help you manage them. But I'm not going to say like if I throw out an idea, and you're saying, you know, Amanda, that's not it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like. Like, one, my personal worth is not wrapped up in what this intervention that I happen to think of. Mm -hmm. And two, it's that really it's about their story, their journey, what they want, what change they want, when they want it. And so empowering clients that this is – like, what other relationship do we have? Everybody else has a vested interest, right? Like, if I think about anyone else in my life, even my friends, Mm -hmm. my family, my husband, that what my choice is is going to impact their life. But in therapy, my client says, you know what, that just feels like too much right now. I'm not sure I'm ready to try that. Or I don't think that that's what it is. Or, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, what do do you, tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about it. Everything is an opportunity to Mm -hmm. learn from it. You know, see what else we could try. Do we need to look at it a different way? Something like that. And so it's all about, like, in my mind, I think about just empowerment. Like, what is your voice? What do you want? How do you want to do that? Let's talk about that. Right. This is I, this is we're not here for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not about.
0: I when I when I was in counseling, which I didn't realize I was going to keep sharing about being in counseling, <laughs> but here we go. It was hearing myself say things that mm-hmm. I believed that I believed about myself or believed about mm-hmm. situations, and then hearing myself say it and think, "Wow, that is messed up. Mm-hmm. That is not true. That mm-hmm. is a lie." And then to have her reflect back to me of that like did you hear what you said mm-hmm. so it was mm-hmm. she she was super helpful and there were things that she said that was super helpful yeah. but I what I remember was just hearing myself say like in that safe space things that were just were just plain not true right. about myself mm-hmm. yeah so that that safe space that you that is created in in that office mm-hmm. is it, it's a gift to be able to because mm-hmm. where else would you say those things
1: right well, and in that way, too, right? It's very much about reality testing. Mm-hmm. And if you think about our need, our wiring for community, for social, mm-hmm. to be connected, mm-hmm. if we're alone in our head. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unsupervised. Totally. Unsupervised. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what I call it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Some, Sometimes I'm alone in my head unsupervised? That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> right. Vulnerable.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, right. <laughs> right. Getting in a little deep here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to get to do that reality testing, mm. totally. You know, there's a lot of listening and therapy. I have a, I tell my clients I have like this internal clock, do you have one of those where yeah. it's like, Amanda, you've been talking for a long time. You, you need to stop talking. This isn't the Amanda <laughs> show, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But really it's because I mean, these are things that we're taught, right, in school. Like this is like counseling counseling micro skills, I right. would say, kind right. of thing. It it sometimes can feel a I, well, because I hear this from clients where I'll come in and especially people who are a little bit newer will say, How are you? How was your weekend? And I'm like, It's great, yeah. So tell me, How do you want to use our time today? You right. know, because this isn't really like mm-hmm. this isn't about we're not having coffee, no. right? Mm-hmm. Right, and so we want it to be productive, and not that we don't, you know, I don't shut down every little exchange like that, mm-hmm. but but that in other relationships, there's this expectation that it's going this two way piece, right? And in therapy. The relationship is about the client, and so it isn't that we're. You know, this is probably an important thing to say. Generally speaking, I would say as therapists, like who who we are in therapy is not. It's not like I am this, you know, kind, nurturing, soft-spoken person in therapy, and not in my life. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. we're congruent yeah. between therapists.
1: Who you are is in the room. Yes, and go with that. and that absolutely fits and plays into Mm -hmm. the chemistry component Mm -hmm. Uh, it also i think fits into our model that we're working from and kind of that selective editor in the head it's like am i talking too much or Mm -hmm. uh, because i've had i can't tell you how many uh clients i've had that have said things like therapy isn't helpful all the person does is they just sit there and they look at me and they nod their head and then they say (laughs) how does that make you feel (laughs) and and there's a place, there's absolutely a place to just make space and hold and, and right. to be a really good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also think kind of coming back to what we said earlier about medical model uh, of therapy and the, mm-hmm. the number one thing I see is anxiety and then depression mm-hmm. and then couples, marital problems. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of education that has to yeah. happen, I think, for people just in being able to understand um, and I, I don't know, you know, in your experience, but even like with what you shared today, I mean, oh, that's, that, that's probably coming from a place of shame. Well, let's define mm-hmm. that. What mm-hmm. is that about? Why, yeah. why am I mm-hmm. putting these shoulds on myself and mm-hmm. having anger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, on I others, thought I, I, I went in for anger Yeah. and then mm-hmm. discovered
0: anger was the, oh, I've heard, I've heard it say a lot of times, anger is like the go-to, it's yeah. the easy go-to and yeah. it's usually it's secondary, secondary emotion. emotion. Yes. Mm-hmm. That it's uh, uncovering – and there were all mm-hmm. these other things, things underneath it that, that, yep. that I – yeah. like oh, well, th- on your dashboard. I didn't come here yeah. to talk yeah. about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but that's what we're talking yeah. about because
0: that's the real issue.
1: Because it's connected.
0: Yeah. Know.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking about – can we talk about this? I don't want to overwhelm my therapist yeah. piece. Yeah,
1: sure.
2: Something I hear sometimes is that because it isn't an unusual phenomenon or experience for someone to come into therapy and not have told part of their story before. Mhm. And I, you know, we'll hear on occasion, this might be too much for you. Are you going to be able to handle it? It's really awful. And the thing is, is that therapy is the place to tell that story with people who are trained to be able to hear it, to honor it, to hold space for it without taking it home. Like I, I talk with my clients about how I... I offer them space in my office like you know that corner is free if you want to leave anything in here like if you need to do that that's okay they'll sometimes say well what do you how do you do that i'm like i leave here stuff here too like i Mm -hmm. I, i can't go home and i can't be the wife and mother and you know daughter sister friend that i want to be if i'm i'm carrying around things so it doesn't mean i don't think about clients you know when i'm sometimes i'm you know, thinking about them while I'm stirring soup on the stove, and I'm thinking, I wonder if this intervention would help with that, or I wonder how they're doing with that thing they had today. Okay, you've used the word intervention a couple
0: times, yeah. And when I think of intervention, I don't know if any other listener would. I think of like big. Your whole family's gathered oh. because oh, it's like an like intervention that TV show for yeah. Like yeah. chemical sure. dependency. Yeah. So, so some, will you say a little bit about
2: what mm-hmm. in, what you are meaning when you yeah. say intervention? Yeah. So what I mean by that, it's totally thank you for asking for clarification. Mm-hmm. My husband's good at that. Sometimes he'll say, you need to explain that acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone knows what that is. I do, but because mm-hmm. you told me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, intervention just means something that we use in therapy as a way, a tool of being helpful. So it could be as simple as something like Validation. Validating someone's story, their emotion would be an intervention. That's a very basic, simplistic one. It could be mm-hmm. something that's more complex. Both um, Joe and I are trained in Gottman method therapy, mm-hmm. and so that method of therapy is full of interventions that take the form of an intentional conversation to right. have with a partner. Okay. Um, oh, maybe a homework assignment, right. something like that. Would e- you educate
1: education yeah. about reality? So Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite things to talk about when looking at the Gottmans have this thing called the sound relationship house, which is just this beautiful way of conceptualizing kind of what makes your relationship healthy and work. And uh, you talk about, we talk about managing conflict versus solving it because
0: Mm -hmm. you can't Mm, say that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Managing conflict as opposed to solving. Okay. um, Mm -hmm. Because you can solve solvables but most conflict has to be managed cuz it's perpetual mm-hmm. it's like it's rooted in your personality mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. i think it's, <laughs> sorry that, that was that was just really heavy yeah. like
0: it's rooted in your
1: personality so oh, that just kind of fell on no, me no yeah. let me let me wow. clarify I mean, that, no,
0: that totally i totally resonate with yeah. that so yeah.
1: so i'm extroverted mm-hmm. and my wife is not as extroverted as me mm-hmm. and so when tired I, I'm like, we've got to go do something. I just need some excitement. Let's go out to eat. Let's get together with some people. And if she's tired, she's like, can we stay home and watch a movie? Mm -hmm. Or let's have a fire in the backyard and -hmm. and listen to Sinatra. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, great. Right. Right. And so that's just a personality thing that Mm -hmm. we manage Mm because, because reflexively I might lean one way. It's preference, but it's rooted in who I am. Mm -hmm. Her preference is rooted in who she is. Yeah, I wasn't trying to say. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I just, I, yeah. I just really that mm-hmm. I resonated mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So they say, mm-hmm. solve the solvables and manage the right. rest, which is about eighty-six percent or something right. like that.
2: Right. Wow. We have more perpetual conflict than solvable conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they found in their research that the, they have they've had couples come in over the course of forty years. Hairstyles, glasses are different. Fights are the same. Mm-hmm. Still yeah. having the same fight, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. But they just look different. They're aging,
0: right? Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an, it's interesting too because I was thinking, or I was having a conversation with a friend the other day. My husband whistles and like mindlessly, kind of a default thing. He'll whistle, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> and one day he was whistling, and I thought, Oh my gosh! If if I di- if he dies before I do, that's what I'll miss. I'll miss his whistling. Yeah. It drives me crazy now, but that right. will be the thing that I. Right miss mm-hmm. i don't always have that perspective right. but nice <laughs> it was nice it. to have it right. at that moment <laughs> nice <laughs> reframe yeah <laughs> Nice yeah. Reframe. Right.
2: <laughs> yes. so does that help with the inter- intervention yes. question yes like, thank making you sense mm-hmm. about what that would
0: mean mm-hmm. so what were you you were going somewhere with that oh
2: i was talking about overwhelming the therapist and how yeah just that That's a real fear that if you, do you get that? from Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and really part of that too, I think it might say something about what kind of role they occupy in their life. Mm -hmm. If they're worrying about me and whether or not they're Mm -hmm. overwhelming me.
2: That's good. At
1: the end of the day. Right. I mean, ultimately and always my self care is my responsibility and there's lots Mm -hmm. of things that we do to -hmm. do that. And, Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite things truthfully is, uh, Mr. Rogers, TV show right Mr. Rogers neighborhood he'd come mm-hmm. in take off his jacket and he'd put on a sweater take off his mm. loafers put on sneakers and now he was in play clothes mm. and then he would leave and put on work clothes you know mm-hmm. and he did this as part of his ritual and mm-hmm. in many ways that really fits I think a lot with yeah. what Amanda was saying is this corners for you you can leave that here mm-hmm. I leave stuff here too
0: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. um and and that's mm-hmm. it's good but ultimately mm-hmm. our self care is about Mm-hmm. Is our responsibility. And-
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That statement, too, you know, they're uh, being afraid of t- to tell you their whole story yeah. sounds, I mean, that just feels like lots of shame, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yep. you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. too, uh, there's so much mm-hmm. shame about what I'm going to say to you mm-hmm. that you couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about shame lately. Like it has, it's like conviction and shame and shame is just. Never productive. No. Like it's yeah. never right. helpful. Mm-mm. Like if right. you feel stuck mm-hmm. in something or stopped by it, like that's mm-hmm. probably shame or mm-hmm. conviction where you want to change right. and grow mm-hmm. is a healthy mm-hmm. thing. Right. right. This is a
1: problem. Right. And, right. and I, can, I can work to fix this. Shame mm-hmm. is I'm, I'm the problem. I'm the problem.
2: Right. Right. Oh, that's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. 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 And it's, I would say, it's pretty uh, easy to identify when that's what's in the room. Like um, typically, like expression changes, someone's breathing changes. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I I would say. I mean, I think there's like the top three things I talk to clients about: validation, shame.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, probably. I mean, like like that would be like if my list of if all they get from this, like if I don't. I had a supervisor once who said, every session you think about if this is the last time you saw this person. Mm. What would you hope that they would take away? That shame isn't truth. Mm,
1: mm -hmm.
2: And that how they feel is okay. Mm -hmm. Like you can feel how you feel Mm -hmm. and just to feel heard. Because I think that that just isn't, you know, is in short supply. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even with well-meaning people and well-meaning relationships, I think it's hard when we're walking around with our own story and we all desire to be seen. That's something that we all need to hear. Mm -hmm. We need to have someone who's going to say that's not truth. Mm Right. Right.
0: I did a series early at the, at the beginning of the year on grief where people came mm. in and told their different stories of of grief. And I've found that to be true with my story with grief that it's not a you know your work will give you a week or two weeks and most people will give you a couple of months and then they expect you to kind of sort of yes. be over it yeah. and yes. to be kind of past it. Yeah. When I've learned that it's a it's a new normal, things will if I don't I have a flair for the dramatic. My life is never going to be the same. <laughs> but it, it won't. It won't be right. the same. That doesn't mean right. there isn't going to be joy and happiness again. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there will be times and periods of times where mm-hmm. it just comes out of left field and you don't expect it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Right. Like right. nine years right. later, Mother's Day this year hit mm-hmm. me more than it has other years. And that's mm-hmm. fine.
2: I mean, I hate crying in public, but, <laughs> you know, that, it's where I'm at. That's yep. what right. happens. Right. Yeah. Right. And this assumption that that we're supposed to be somewhere where other than where we are, whether it's grieving, whether it's with my career, parenting, my marriage, how Mm -hmm. much money we have in our bank account, like whatever that is, like somehow all the expectations, all the expectation. And I I was thinking, thinking about this podcast and thinking, just kind of doing some reflecting on the therapy I've done in the last couple of weeks. And I was like, I do a lot of normalizing people coming in and being like okay you're gonna tell me i'm really really sick right like this is bad no you're you're actually pretty normal like this is hard for lots of people like it's okay that it's hard i would expect Mm -hmm. this to be hard right Mm -hmm. look at what you've been through right Mm -hmm. right i know Mm -hmm. totally yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah we grow as and uh, through grief and and grief grows with us it just kind of changes as we change and Mm -hmm. and i think it kind of circles in different way, uh, mm-hmm. at different times, like you said, and something you said earlier too, I, it, it got me thinking about trust mm. and, you know, is the therapist overwhelmed? And, you know, we're talking about self-care, but one of the things that's really important too, is even though confidentiality is there, I mean, I, I need to, to I need to merit the trust that you're going to give me.
2: You know, mm. I mean, I want to
1: earn that right right. because if this is going to work we have to be successful at establishing a real relationship Mm -hmm. and yes it's defined by the by the boundaries and ethics of our profession and uh and that's good uh, but nonetheless i still have to earn that and Mm -hmm. and so sometimes right as you grow um Mm -hmm. you feel more comfortable and then sometimes it takes some months and then then Mm -hmm. now the person wants to talk about their abuse
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe they don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it on, mm-hmm. the, on the
1: front end. And, and like you said mm-hmm. so nicely earlier, it's perfectly okay. Right. Mm-hmm. They're in charge of their story.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when people are going into therapy, they might think, oh, if I start therapy, I'll be in it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So what are some expectations for, mm-hmm. you know, how long someone might be in therapy? How does that, what are some expectations they should have? Or how does that, how do you flesh that out? with the client?
1: That's, that's a great question. Um, I think it is reasonable for a person to kind of expect to have some some relief and see some value in therapy pr- pretty quickly. And, and a lot is going to depend, I think, sometimes on what the model of therapy is that the, the practitioner is using, as well as what the nature of the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be unrealistic for a person who, you know, has uh, multiple episodes of PTSD to, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, to experience complete, you know, resolution of the problem in like five sessions. Mm -hmm. But on other issues, right, you know, you could expect that. And I know for us at, at, I can give you the data from, from the counseling center at the University of Northwestern, where I think we average about seven and a half. Uh, sessions uh, over the course of the year with a, uh, with a person. Some might be around 15. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Others might be around 3. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of that's going to depend on what model you're using. Mm-hmm. And I think too, uh, you know, that evidence-based practice, uh, you know, that, that is sometimes code language for cognitive behavioral therapy or some variant of that. You can expect to see some, if you're doing the homework and you're, you're following along with, mm-hmm. the, with the model, you're going to see some change I think happened pretty quickly mm-hmm. session to session in fact mm-hmm. um, so that's mm-hmm. good
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. so that was making me think if someone comes to you and they have anxiety which mm-hmm. has been brought up a couple of times what if they what if you determine that they might need to be medicated is that something that that someone who's a therapist like you does or is that a psychiatrist how does that
1: mm-hmm. that's a great work? question it's a really good question yep. It's one we get a lot. And so we actually do not prescribe medication, but we will oftentimes give referrals to a medical provider for an assessment. I do like uh, psychiatrists. It is hard to get in sometimes with psychiatrists because mm-hmm. there's really a, a worldwide shortage of them, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, but you can also go the route of your general practitioner, mm-hmm. um, and then they will kind of take care of that. Um, medication is is a good option for some people,
0: mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. would counseling usually continue mm-hmm. with the medication? Correct. It's not like oh, if here's a mm-hmm. pill and this will take care of everything. Mm-hmm. It, they kind of mm-hmm. usually go together. They do, right? Especially at the beginning, they can of the complement day. really
1: well. Yep. Yeah, in fact, that's the most. Ef- the research again yeah. is that's the yeah. most effective is uh, a, a small amount of. Or I shouldn't say small medicine plus. Um, CBT. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, so the way I talk with a client about that is, you know, an intake paperwork. So it's the paperwork that when someone initiates a session, they're going to complete, and it's typically like five, anywhere from five pages to ten. Mm-hmm. It's trying to get a history about symptoms. When did this start? Was there a precipitating incident? Um, have you done therapy before? Are you on any medication? trying to get just get a feel for what's happening before someone comes in. And so mm-hmm. for clients who, you know, I would say it's probably 50-50 for me with people who come in and are already on medication mm-hmm. um, and have talked to either a psychiatrist or a primary care physician for that. And then we're just, we're supplementing and giving some additional support. So, other clients who come in who are, like, let's use anxiety as an example, sometimes the anxiety symptoms are so loud that it feels like we're not getting traction in therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I will ask a client, like, where they're at with that. Like, what what do you want to do? You know, do you feel like this would be helpful for you? How are you feeling about how things are going? From my chair, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of, it it feels like it's a bare knuckle fight Mm. (laughs) for us to be making progress. And I want to make sure that you're getting the support that you need. So um, sometimes the way I explain it is that in my mind that medication can just turn down the volume on the symptoms. So it, it typically, from my experience with clients, it doesn't make them go away entirely, no. but it makes them more manageable. Mm-hmm. So then the, the skills that we're working on in therapy are gonna be more effective. Yep. So it's it would be one, like
0: yeah. having a broken bone or mm-hmm. a pain yeah, that you take pain medication to then be able to do the therapy you need, like physical therapy Ther- to right. heal that injury right would that be a fair comparison yes
1: similar to that yeah
0: Yeah.
2: i would
1: say yeah i think too like a good word picture sometimes is to think that sometimes your symptoms it's like you're holding a rubber band in your hand you know and Mm -hmm. it just stretches that Mm -hmm. and when you're stretched thin Mm -hmm. everything reverberates loudly Mm -hmm. and sometimes what the medicine does is it it just kind of puts some elasticity back into your life so that you can kind of work on these skills yeah. and these and these tools that are going to help mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes That's a when great clients, illustration. That is a really great illustration. Mm-hmm. Something we talked about ahead of time, like we were talking about as far as topics, was the idea of insurance. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit of? Do you, I think that that can be helpful yeah. because typically, you know, we use insurance when we go to, uh, you know, see our doctor. Most people want to use insurance when they go to therapy. And so um, just a couple tips about that, and you can weigh on in this because you've been at this longer than I have. Calling ahead of time and verifying with insurance about what are my mental health or behavioral health sometimes that's Mm -hmm. the so there's yeah lingo magic word something Mm -hmm. like that but to find out what that coverage would look like and then finding out like if you're like let's say someone's doing a google search and they or they're on psychology today where lots of therapists advertise um and they're wanting to find out if this therapist at this clinic is in network with their insurance um Calling about their mental health or behavioral health benefits is a good idea. I had a time to find out, you know, is it the same as an office visit if they go to their doctor where they pay a copay? You know, would they be looking at meeting a deductible? Because, you know, it's in the st- from the standpoint that I mean, I know that there are some clinics where people work and it's similar to going to see a doctor at Health Partners. Mm. Many therapists work in private practice where it's different. Mm. It isn't different from the standpoint of how we bill, but it's different from the standpoint that typically we're having those conversations with clients about their about their coverage, okay. about like if they where your medical doctor wouldn't have that conversation right, with you. No, and so it might be like, you know, I have a thousand dollar deductible to meet, and so I have you know three hundred dollars in my HSA account, so I need to like. Time out when I come to therapy, because also we don't often go to our doctors once a week or Mm -hmm. every other week either. And so, you know, typically therapists are capable of having that conversation and talking through like, okay, well, like this, maybe what if we just work on this part for right now? And then, you know, we can look at reevaluating after five sessions or 10 sessions or, you know, something like that, Um, but not being afraid to have that conversation and initiate that. So um, it's something that I ask clients about. You know, is there anything that you do differently with that um, with clients?
1: Yeah, usually I, I would talk a little bit about the idea that if you're going to use insurance, um, we it has to we have to have a medical necessary reason mm-hmm. to, to use it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know in the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistics Manual of Mental Disorders, fifth edition, uh, <laughs> the uh, you know you're you're going to have to have a diagnosis that. That mm-hmm. the uh, payer, the insurance company, would recognize mm-hmm. something, you know, like major depressive episode or an adjustment disorder with anxiety. They don't typically want to pay for a Z code, which might be like phase of life problem or mm-hmm. things of that nature. And so, so it's good to it's good to mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about that. And you don't have to use insurance just mm-hmm. because you have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you might have reason you mm-hmm. don't want to. You just
2: mm-hmm. pay you don't want property. that on your medical record. Sure. You know, some people just don't want that, and right. so they would rather pay cash, and they can negotiate with the therapist about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: when you were talking about the insurance, it made me wonder: how do you even get to that point? You mentioned psychology today mm-hmm. is where a lot of people mm-hmm. advertise. Yeah. So if somebody's feeling like mm-hmm. they would benefit from mm-hmm. therapy or mm-hmm. from seeing a counselor, how would they go about? How
2: would you suggest they go about mm-hmm. finding a counselor? Mm-hmm. I actually, the first place I would start is talking to the people in their life to see if anybody has a name. So, most of my referrals anymore come from I saw their friend mm. or a referral from a pastor at a church. Something like that. I get an occasional call from psychology today, but usually it's like my friend, you know, said you were really helpful. Word of mouth, word mm-hmm. of mouth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and also like other therapists. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, if I if I'm full or I'm not a good fit for somebody, I have a handful of people. Joe is one of them who is going to be like the top of my list, as far as these are the people I would suggest calling, mm-hmm. because I know their work, I trust them. They're people I would see, like you had said earlier, all my right. therapists. <laughs> I like, right, <laughs> right, like if these, I weren't friends with them, I would right, go to them for totally. Therapy. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, if I wasn't colleagues and, and friends with them, I would mm-hmm. go to see them. So, so that's a way. That's uh, in my mind. I would recommend that as a first try. Mm-hmm. It can be vulnerable to say to people, I want to go to therapy. So if it's feeling like that and they don't feel safe to say that to somebody, Google Places is a place that, you know, will we'll actually look in the geographic area. Like mm. if you search by zip code, Psychology Today does something similar. Mm. On Psychology Today, it's pretty thorough. Like we all have profiles and list insurances that we're in network with. and things So they like, could go to Google we, Places, find someone, and then Check them out on Psychology Today. Right, or they can just go to psychologytoday.com and there's a therapist finder feature on there. And so looking that way too can be helpful. Those profiles are pretty thorough. I mean, you know, talk about like your education and what you're like, you know, like like a personal statement, licensure, that kind of stuff. So do you have other suggestions for that?
1: Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, I would say I get a lot of referrals from other therapists from mm-hmm. uh, people connected to clients um, in their life yeah. and pastors and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. medical providers.
0: The two of you are therapists who are Christians. So what would you say to somebody who is also a Christian who's looking for a therapist? And I guess I'm wondering, what's the importance of a therapist? Like, does a therapist have to be a Christian to be an effective therapist
1: that's a really good question angie in fact the the research would show that the effectiveness is really going to be rooted in whether or not the client makes a good connection Mm -hmm. with their practitioner and so what i would what i would rank uh and i guess i'm just going to speak for myself here Mm -hmm. but is Mm -hmm. i I would really rank is the person competent Mm -hmm. to help me with the problem i want to i want to work on Mm -hmm. And what is the agenda if you will uh of of the client so you know i wanna i wanna I want a Christian therapist because I wanna have that be integrated into my treatment and how I think then by all means in some cases it's it's not as relevant why mm-hmm. I say that is if you have a tumor. Uh, on your limbic system, in your limbic system, right? You, you're not really caring if your brain surgeon is a Christian or not. You mm-hmm. just want to know the best, that the best surgeon ever, ever. right? Right. 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 Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of that comes come right down to what's the reason I'm going to therapy, mm-hmm. and and what I do I want to do? And um, mm-hmm. so I think competency is important, mm-hmm. uh, and and fit is important, chemistry piece, mm-hmm. and certainly if if you want. Your worldview to be a part of your work, then by all means, seek mm-hmm. a seek a Zika mm-hmm. Christian.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in thinking about the question that we're originally asking, what should someone know who's going to who's going to step toward therapy, and is unsure about it and hasn't experienced it before? Are there other, any other things that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. yet that you would mm-hmm. want to make sure that we?
2: Nothing comes to mind for me. I feel like this is covering a lot of things that I talk about with clients in the mm-hmm. first okay. session and communication. Yeah. Try to okay. just ease concern and right. mm-hmm. give a picture of the process.
1: Yeah. Have some goals in mind You know yeah. mm-hmm. of, of what it is that you, you mm-hmm. want to do. Because your, your therapist is going to ask you what you want to work on. and mm-hmm. want, It's going to have a treatment plan mm-hmm. um, to kind of guide what it is that you're doing.
0: Do most therapists have that intake paperwork that you talked about?
1: Uh, all uh, of them okay some do it differently like Mm -hmm. some agencies will have you fill it out prior to the first Mm -hmm. appointment Mm -hmm. i myself uh don't uh i i do that myself in the first session Mm -hmm. or two sessions getting a good history and i usually say things to people is it all right if I take some notes today? Mm-hmm. And Because I find it very distracting to be writing and looking at people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't like to take notes in session. My preference is to do that afterwards, and that's usually my, that is my practice. Uh, but on an intake, I want to be very thorough and have a good history and understand what it's like to see the world through the client's eyes, what's happened to them, what's their family like, mm-hmm. what are the mile marker moments. Uh, and and you know as I'm I'm hearing their story unfold and taking good notes I'm listening for themes and mm-hmm. and some of those things that that uh, have brought them in because um, ultimately I think in some respects therapy is a journey uh, and I know that's maybe a little cliched but life is that way mm-hmm. <laughs> it's developmental who I am today is not who. I'm going to be in 10 years you know mm-hmm. hopefully not I mean basically me but hopefully I'm a better me, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so in that kind of growth mindset we're working to really help clients connect the dots Amanda talked about meaning making at some point in our mm-hmm. conversation and that's mm-hmm. that's such a huge part of that process
2: mm-hmm. meaning making meaning making we mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so say more about that hmm just that when anytime we have an experience we're running with meaning out of it. Like we don't mm. experience something in that and that not go with it. Rennie Brown calls it um the first draft. Like we, we tend to run with something and then we just keep going with it. And so it, an example I use sometimes would be like if I was talking to my husband and he had like a like a little bit of like his brow was furrowed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I may be like, oh man he must be really bugged that I'm talking because like I process lots of things aloud with him. Mm-hmm. So I might start running with that. And then if I go to him and I say, Hey babe, you know, I'm noticing that you're look like you're frustrated with me. Did I do something? He's like, no, I just, I have a headache.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. the
2: fact that we make meaning out of it, we tend to run with it. We want to keep and keep that in mind that it might not be the accurate narrative about what's happening.
1: Yeah. And we do that with, Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's yeah, I was just wire. thinking
2: about 10
0: times. I probably did that today. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. Right. I yeah. mean,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. All, all the, time. the time. Once we start getting cognizant of it, I notice that too. And like, oh, man, I ran. I I've, And sometimes I'm chucking five narratives mm-hmm. that of meaning making that I'm making because of my own story and my own history before I'm getting to like, okay, I think I'm an to ask the person what's going right. on. Or I'm going to say maybe that, you know, wasn't what was happening. Or mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's that's when I talk about being in my head unsupervised. Yeah, yeah.
2: I
1: love that phrase. Can I borrow that? <laughs> yeah,
2: I was thinking the same I'm thing. i <laughs> okay. We'll
1: put yeah. it in our video. Yeah. We'll make a video.
2: <laughs> I love this idea. Yes.
1: It's a new well, business venture.
0: This has been this has been so great. I I honestly didn't know what to expect from the conversation. I wasn't really sure what direction we would go, but but my hope is that it will. Serve as a, like a mystery lifter, yeah, of what therapy is like Mm -hmm. for someone who Mm -hmm. is thinking that maybe they might want to do that and are afraid of the unknown. Mm -hmm. That this will reveal, this this will take away some of the of the mystery of it. Mm Yeah, and we'll we'll make sure that we have all of the your contact information Mm -hmm. and the psychology today and any other resources that you think we should have. We can put those in the in the show notes Fantastic. so thank you so much for coming and being on the podcast today yeah. thanks for the invitation so much. it's been fun thank you for listening to the Retreat House podcast any links mentioned in the show can be found in the show notes we want to thank Isaac Turley for his music at the beginning and end of the podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and we'll see you next week on the Retreat House podcast